Okay, welcome everyone. You can all hear me okay? I'm gonna put this in here. So I'll just tell you a little bit about myself so you know where I'm coming from. So I, my professional credential is registered dietitian. So when I see patients, that is what, um, what they primarily come to see me for. I've been a Reiki master for 20 years. When I did my dissertation, so I also I have you know advanced degrees. When I did my dissertation, at the time I was seeing patients that were recently discharged from an inpatient eating disorders facility, and I was also then on the other side of it seeing people for weight loss. So I'd see these poor young women come in, you know, just frail and broken, and I'd see these really large people come in really frail and broken. And so at, I, what I saw was, you know, at, I don't know how old everyone is in here. If you remember back in the 80s, remember John Bradshaw? He would talk about inner child work on Channel 2, or on public, he would say 180 degrees from wrong is wrong. So what, what those anorexics were doing and what those overeaters were doing, it was the same wrong in my, the way I saw it. So my dissertation was on, uh, spirituality and weight loss maintenance. And so what I did was I had to find, uh, I had to find like 26 people who had lost more than 20% of their body weight and kept it off for two years. That was how I set it up. And then I interviewed them. Hi, welcome. On, I, I interviewed them about their sense of spirituality. Now, now, you know, in 2019, there was language to use to talk. We, we say source, we say divine, we say connectedness, we say oneness, we say unified field. But back then, you know, it was religion and God or what else, you know, if it was something else, it was very much different. So that was how I started my career. And I've always, I have had different patients throughout the years. Now I focus on functional medicine, functional nutrition, which is trying to find the root cause. But what I find for so many of my patients is the root cause is actually, it, it's, it's energetic in nature. You know, so for example, if, if somebody comes in, you know, and they have heart disease, well, what's going on with their heart chakra? Why is their heart chakra not able to bloom and why can't it expand and why is there no coherence in them? If somebody comes in you know, and they are having extreme GI issues. Well, what's going on with their, their lower chakras? And we're going to talk about that today because, you know, it's kind of like I look at them below the heart and above the heart as being the, the ones that get, I would say, congested or clogged or uh, interference or blocked. Um, so that's where I'm coming from with what I do. So today I, I wanted to... Um, to just start to get us all on the same page with uh, something that I call mindfulness, and I separate mindfulness from meditation. So mindfulness is really being aware. So we're going to just do a little bit of a mindfulness and then a little mini meditation to get us all in the same space. So to become mindful, pay attention to your surroundings. You have five senses. So what does the chair feel like? What does your clothes feel like? To start to pay attention to what can you feel? You know, is the chair comfortable? Is something itching? And then become more mindful. Do you maybe feel a slight breeze or like a little string somewhere? 
pay attention to what you hear. We can hear the interference from outside, and then maybe you hear something slight and subtle in the difference if you're in the back. What is it that you see if your eyes are shut, you're not seeing anything? Um, and, and what is it that you taste? What do you notice in your mouth? Maybe you just had a cup of coffee or you, know, you brushed your teeth before you came here. And that brings you very mindfully into your body. And when I work with clients, I do talk to them about being mindful. It's, it's not always a, an exercise that's, you know, I have to sit down and meditate for two hours in order to do this. No. Making and de developing a connection and an awareness. So now that we're all mindful, we're going to do a, a little bit of a bring us more mindful. So if you'd all shut your eyes. Sit comfortably. Um, we all have an energetic circle around us. And so your energetic circle extends for each individual about three feet beyond your body. So if you just put your arms up in front of you, you can kind of feel to the edge of your own circle. That's your energetic space. So when you talk about your chakras and you talk about your energy, that is your space in there. So what I would invite you to do right now is very, very mindfully making ourselves vulnerable with one another to bring ourselves out of our body and to fill up our space around us. And just step into that space and see how it feels. Can you feel it? The whole room changed. So now take your arms to the edge of the circle and kind of fluff your fingers through that soul body at the edge and kind of just invite that soul body into your chakras, into your space. So when you breathe in, focus on breathing in, coming in through your crown chakra. And as you breathe out, Breathe out through your heart. It's a very simple way to engage your body in coherence, to connect yourself. As you, your attention wanders, just bring it back to in through my crown and out through my heart. Let's do that for just a couple inhales and exhales on your own. Okay, and when you're ready, open your eyes, and now we'll, now we'll talk. We're all in the same space. Making yourself vulnerable is also a very easy way to increase the power of your communication with people in your circle. Um, so when you look at all of our energy, Ultimately, all of the energy you have in your body is energy that comes from the sun. So the sun, it, through the plants, the plants engage in photosynthesis where they turn sunlight into chemical energy, and then we eat those plants. So you're eating you know, wheat, or you're eating an apple, or you're eating a banana. That's all the energy that came from the sun. And likewise, if you eat animal products, they have consumed plants, and that's been converted into animal flesh, which is protein, 
or you know, eggs or, or dairy products. So ultimately the energy we get is sunlight and then it gets converted into something that we can consume and then we break down and use that for energy. So when you look at um, the human biofield, everybody has their own energetic blueprint. That circle you have, the circle we just defined for ourselves, everyone has a different blueprint as to what that looks like. And you have your ancestral information that you come here with, your ancestral DNA, if you will, and you also have all of your life's experiences. From the very subtle to, you know, when you were an infant, you cried a little bit too long before someone picked you up, to the very dramatic that, you know, you were in an accident and lost your best friend or so, you know, like we all have those. And everybody's blueprint looks different. Is there anyone in here that can actually see people's energy fields? No. That's something very interesting. I'm really, that's what I'm trying to work on because I think for my clients, when they come in, if they've got, you know, a gut issue to really be able to tell what it is and help them work through it. So it, when you have this energy field, it directly links to your, to your physical body. So the energetic body is pulsing through our physical body at all times. The physical body, though, is what we're here, we're living in. You know, when we say, you know, the body is um, the temple of the soul, it is. When taking care of your body is, it does two things. One, if you take care of your body and allow it to work it's the way it's designed to work, you're going to find that you will be healthier, meaning your body can detoxify itself. Your body uh, can, you know, have a, a nice metabolism if you're fueling it properly. Um, and that, in turn, means that your energy is going to be able to flow better. Okay, so I have to put these on. I have, like, sorry about that. Um, so what we're going to do when we look at the chakras, I use the seven chakra system to basically, because they... The seven sh basic chakras align with the endocrine systems of the body. For personal work, I do go out and I do, you know, accept and honor the, the 12 chakra system. But I, for the purpose of connecting it to the physiology, the ones that are, the, the seven basic ones are, um, are the ones that are connected to how we would use and process food and how we can influence them with food. So... When you look um, at the chakras, they're very subtle. They're part of our physical selves, yet they're not. How many people are aware of their, their chakras? I mean, it's like, we're all in a process. I, you know, and I, uh, you know I, I talk about what I did 20 years ago. I mean, no one, you know, this was crazy stuff back then, and now we all accept that, yeah, we can measure our energy fields, and it's there. And I think this is really the frontier of, of what we will be doing, and, you know, alternative medicine is really connecting the energy systems. So the first chakra we're going to talk about, actually, the first, actually before we talk about what we really need to talk about first is, um, is water, because the, the entire body you have your physical structure, which has collagen, crystals, 
uh, structure to your physical body, and that those collagen um, crystals are what actually, with water, what are able to transmit the energy throughout your body. So this gentleman who's drinking gets the points right now because hydration, hydration is the first and foremost aspect of how you can increase your energy. And when you look at hydration, who's heard the term electrolytes? My, everyone's heard that, okay. So electrolytes are sodium, potassium, chloride, magnesium. They're dissolved minerals in the water that um, allow different processes to happen in the body. They conduct electrical signals. So if you're well hydrated and your electrolytes are balanced, then you will be able to manipulate, control, conduct, and connect with your energy better than if you're dehydrated. Now, when you look at hydration, what is one of the first things, you know, any kind of health uh, recommendation would be is to stay hydrated, to drink plenty of water. But it's not just drinking the water. It's making sure to have the balanced minerals. So we all know where you get salt. You know, any processed food has sodium in it. Uh, you know, you can put table salt on, and there's Himalayan salt and French gray salt and all these wonderful different salts that have varying different flavors. They're all, that's all essential. And the, uh, some of the different salts, like the sea salts, will have uh, other trace minerals dissol uh, dissolved in them as well. So that adds more mineral to your body. And then when you look at magnesium, which I mentioned, potassium and magnesium, you need to get those, the balance from vegetables, primarily in your diet. And so it's the balance of fruits and vegetables that balance out that sodium in the diet. So sometimes people who you know, they have heart disease and they're told to consume less salt. They really need to be eating more, um, more potassium and magnesium to balance it rather than just reducing, reducing the salt. So if you have a low level of potassium and you reduce the salt down so they're balanced, you could have just increased your vegetable consumption and still be consuming salt. So hydration is very, very important to being able to manipulate the energy. What I can say, I, I've been a Reiki master for 20 years. People who are well hydrated, it is, is much easier to do Reiki on them than people who are not hydrated. It still works, and I still can do it, but it's, I can tell that it's flowing better. Their comments, their responses indicate that, that they've you know, had a better experience than someone else. You know, I mean, it's qualitatively better, worse, and it's, you know, on any given day would be different for an, any individual. But, so the first piece is hydration. So, uh-oh. Okay, so then the first thing we want to talk about is the root chakra. And the root chakra is probably, when it comes to feeding the chakras, the root and the sacral chakra are probably... The most important, um, the, the lower chakras, when it, comes, when it comes to what many people need to do for work, we have to start clearing from the bottom up, okay? So, you know, sitting there trying desperately to open your third eye is not going to work if you're completely blocked below your heart. Yeah, you might be able to. I'm just saying, in general, you want to start from the bottom up. So when it comes to 
addressing some of the issues, what I see with a lot of my clients when they come in is these food issues relate very, very deeply back to their sense of um, self. So if you look at the, the, that first chakra, it really represents who we are in the world. So when I would see anorexics, who we are in the world, they're trying to make themselves invisible. They aren't accepting the body they have for a variety of different reasons. But when we're talking like on the soul level, who we are in the world and then that other end of the spectrum or anyone along the way who is not comfortable with who they are, who doesn't feel comfortable in their body, that can all go back to the root chakra. How we nourish and fuel our body and how we take care of it is all root chakra work. We're, we're down in that, who are we and, and why? And I'm going to use the term and I mean it sort of loosely, but it, if you know that it's not good for you to eat the whole box of Girl Scout cookies and you do it, why did you do it? You know, like that's to me is a root chakra issue. Now, okay, you guys are laughing, but like you're young and you look kind of like you're fit. So if you're young and fit, you can, you can burn off that. But if you're older and you're doing it and you're not, you don't exercise and you don't have a chance to rebound from it, it can be a very, even, you know, food choices, you're at a buffet. And this isn't even to say, which choice would be the optimal choice at the buffet, but what is going on when you're preparing and making your food? Do you stop for fast food, you know, knowing that it's not good for you? Do you drink a Coke at work because they put it out and it's free, knowing that, you know, you may be pre-diabetic and you shouldn't be drinking Coke? So all of those food choice issues that relate to who we are, those are root chakra issues. So the, the, the next piece that's very broad and, and sweeping is to think about that idea the body is the temple of the soul. And so what are the decisions I'm making about what I put into my body? How, how is that going to help my body? And it's not, you know, you, you can come and see a nutritionist, you know, and have them tell you what would be optimally healthy for your body and, you know, should you eat this or should you eat that? It's, it's not that. It's what do you know and what do you believe? You know, if you think it's good for you to cook your food at home, yet you stop and get fast food because you don't want to take the time to do that, why don't you want to take the time to cook the food at home for yourself, regardless of what you would be choosing? So those are all root chakra issues, those issues of, of who we are. Um, issues of, of safety, um, sometimes being overweight and being bigger can provide safety because you're, who you are, whoops, the, the core of who you are, that center of light in the center of your body, if you build up around it, People can't get to that. People can't see it. You don't have to show it to people. Although, 
you know, I've been around some energy medicine practitioners who they can see right through everything and they see all of the, the colors of, you know, your, your, your chakras and, you know, into who you are, your soul circle and your ancestry. And so, yeah, some people can see that, but most of us, we don't see in the perception of gaining weight. I've dealt with many women through the years. Part of their inability to lose weight is that inability to make themselves vulnerable. We all agreed by participating in the activity today to make ourselves vulnerable in this safe space. But the second you walk out of the door, you're going to close back up because going out there may or may not be safe for you. And so that issue of personal safety, a lot of women I've dealt with through the years um, who've had any sort of uh, sexual assault, sexual abuses, that shows up and how they make food choices and feed themselves because that is integrally tied to who we are. And it's the ultimate, ultimate violation of safety. Um, it's, it's a tough one for many, many women. And you know, we know, now we know statistics, you know, one in five women who's been sexually assaulted. But when you look at um, statistics for men, there are men who get sexually assaulted, men who have been sexually abused. And um, the way children are raised, these are all issues of personal safety. So what we make of our body, what we choose to put into our body can sometimes be tied to that. So for everybody sitting here, you all you know, why did you show up today? You know, you all have a different reason for showing up. And what I'm saying may, right now might not resonate, but it might. And if it does resonate for you, then what that means is you've just been given awareness. And I'm getting chills right now. So somebody in here has got some pretty profound awareness from what I'm talking about, that the, these issues of of who we are and why we came here and how safe we are in the world, it's up to us to make sure that that body that carries us around provides us with this beautiful garden that we should be living in instead of uh, a fear-based, we should be living more freely. And so I see that with choices and that's often sometimes um, because I am a dietitian and I'm not a therapist, uh, it, that's, that's sometimes difficult to get out uh, in the session. And so I think that, um, you know, I, I will, you know, give people information and try to create an awareness for them. But the awareness and readiness comes from every individual. You know, I, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes you go to a talk like this or listen to a podcast or something. And then like a month or two later, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, that was me. But when, it, when you were listening to it, it wasn't you. It didn't make any sense. Later, when you're ready for it, it you're, you can accept it. So this deep, deep acceptance of our body is a deep acceptance of ourself. Now, the truth is that self on the inside is always safe. It's always safe. And that's part of what draws people to trying to cleanse their chakras and grow is to have that feeling, that birthright feeling of being safe, loved, wanted. And so that's the very first level. And so the root chakra, now I do have some, um, it's also related to your genitals, the last vertebrae. So I, I taught at Life University for quite a few years. I was the assistant dean before Recently, I left to take a, a position with another university. Um, 
if you do see a chiropractor, you can talk to a chiropractor about adjustments that would adjust, you know, the lower vertebrae to enhance the energy, the nerve endings that would go to the, the, be related to the root chakra. It's also related to the kidney um, and the bladder and the adrenal glands. So let's see, I have. So you want to, to nourish the root chakra. You have to think about, become mindful of what you eat becomes your body. It's not you are what you eat. What you eat becomes your body. So you eat protein, you're providing nutrients, the amino acids that can give you structure. You eat vegetables, you're getting certain vitamins and minerals, and you're getting antioxidants. There's a category of food called phytonutrients, plant chemicals. In you've, I'm sure everyone's heard of these, you know, things like beta carotene everyone's heard of, but there's like a lot of other ones. There's flavanols, there's um, phenolic acids, and so these phytonutrients are found in plants. That's what phyto is, plant, plant nutrients, phytochemicals, plant chemicals. So having an abundant source of red foods, which are also, like if you look at beets, beet is a root, it's red, it's rich in minerals. One of the best foods you can eat for your root chakra, if you're trying to cleanse yourself, is to eat beets. You can eat beets raw, you can eat beets cooked, you can eat beets green, the beet greens, you can juice the beets, because beets provide all of those minerals and the antioxidants that promote the health of the systems in that area of the body. Then you also look at, when you're looking at root vegetables, um, the, the quality of the soil. So I just want to just to point out at this point, before we go into more of the foods, if you look at the energetic quality of the food you eat, there's a big discussion. Should I eat organic? You know, is it better than conventional? I go into Whole Foods Market and the organic food looks kind of old and the conventional food looks like fresh and new. Which one is better? You know, should I go to a farm? If I go to a farm stand, how do I know they're not putting something worse on it than, you know, I would find in a conventional grocery store? The quality of our food is very important, but I would say when it comes to it, there's another piece that we are all missing and we're not even talking about. And so if you look at a family farm that loves the earth, they love the soil, it's been in the family for generations, dad, grandpa, great grandpa have tilled the soil, they're growing food, they're doing the very best job they can to provide food. The mom is maybe canning the vegetables and doing classes for people in the community, teaching them how to can. They have a farm stand. That food is beautiful. It's imbued with something. And then you look at a huge tract of a commercial agriculture business where there's just acres and acres of land. The land is allowed to be demineralized, growing the same food in there, the same plant, year after year after year. And then the people who are picking the food exploited migrants um, who are treated, you know, we, we get up in arms about our livestock industry. We don't get up in arms about how migrant farmers are treated. You know, it, it look up Immokalee and a, to the penny for an extra penny a pound for the tomatoes for the Immokalee farm workers. And you look at 
food that comes from that farm, well, the life is just sucked out of it. What is the energetic quality of it? So to that end, when you're making food, preparing food, you can bless, pray over, add intention to whatever you're preparing to try to reinvigorate, to balance out, to, you know, you know, even the, the act of praying before eating for many individuals is, a, a, you know, a, a ritual that anyone can adopt, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, related to, you know, some religions they do espouse that you should always pray over your food, but in general, offering an intention. I, I write an, uh, a column for Energy Magazine online, and one of the columns I wrote, uh, the, you know, the best food that you ever eat is food that's made with love, that like a grandmother makes for you. So like it's macaroni and cheese or something that you're like, you know isn't very healthy. Uh, or like the green bean casserole that's served at Thanksgiving time in many houses made with the cream of mushroom soup, the canned soup, high in sodium. It, but those foods are delicious because they're, they're rituals. So I want you to kind of think about that um, and then, and I'll go back now to the, the root chakra, but I wanted to say that first. So your root chakra, with uh, the foods, you also want the, the mineral-rich foods. So this is like organ meat, and we don't eat organ meat so much anymore. You know, people just, how many people eat organ meat? Liver, liver, yeah, so, some people do. You know, it's not, uh, it's not something we eat. That, that's another piece, though, of our food industry where we have to look at what we've done. We've compartmentalized the animal. When, when I was a kid, I lived in, I mean, it wasn't that rural, but I guess it was. You know, we would buy, we would go to the farm, we'd pick out a cow, and us and the neighbors would go and pick out a cow, and they would, you know, when the cow was ready, they would fabricate it, and we would each get half the cow, and they would cut it all up. They'd bring, we would get everything that came from the animal, and that was what we ate, you know, for the following, you know, eight months or so. And so when you look at what we do with our food supply now, you know, we're, we're killing the chicken just to get the chicken breast. How many people take collagen supplements or have seen those? Okay, so we used to eat the whole chicken. We would eat, we would roast the chicken, the skin would be on there, we'd eat the skin, we'd take the bones, make it into bone broth, and we would get all the natural collagen from our food supply. So when you look at some of what we've done to our food supply, going back to that idea of, of, of snout to tail, you will obtain many of these nutrients that, that nourish the root chakra. It's like really grounding you into what am I as a human. And it's along the lines of like paleo, people say, well, you know, I'm eating paleo or I'm eating this or that. And, you know, paleo man would have, eaten a couple berries, then he would have eaten a nut, then he would have eaten some stalks of something he found, and then if he was lucky every few days, he might have been able to catch an animal and eat it. He wouldn't have been eating, you know, bags of, of shelled walnuts, you know, that wouldn't have been, that's processed food. That, how would he have gotten the whole bag of walnuts and shelled and to eat it all in one sitting? So that all of this conceptualization of your food and your foods, that's all root chakra issues. So when you look at why do we have so many of us running around not in touch with ourselves, well, well, we live in a society that sets us up to not be grounded, to not connect to this planet and how we could be living on it. Um, yeah, of course. 
Okay. Let's, let's put this into another perspective. Um, well, no, I'm not going to talk about that because when you look, um, I, I said let's put it into another perspective because whether or not there's validity for eating to your blood type is not what we're going to talk about. But put it in a bigger perspective of if you look at the way humans evolved on this planet, Everybody here in America, you know, we, my mom and dad do this, you know, we are like, I don't know, tw 20 different nationalities. If you look at the way humans would have evolved, people would have been living in certain areas of the world, having access to certain types of animals, certain types of foods, and they wouldn't have had knowledge of their blood types. So I think it's more, when you look at, from my, from my perspective, it's more an issue of really looking at ancestrally and w with your root chakra of connecting to who you are as a person knowing where your roots are and and it could be superficial because you might not care about all of your ancestry it could be this is who I am but it could be very very deep you know I see um, a lot of African Americans here I don't know if you read the uh, roots the book I mean that was like the most phenomenal book I've ever read in my life connecting I still could get chills in that last chapter when Alex Haley connected back to his ancestors and I think there's something about that connection so I think we need to think in terms of more what would be the type of food we ate where we're from you know my ancestors are European and German and so we all do very well in our house if we're eating sauerkraut a few days per week that's something that Germans traditionally every culture has a type of fermented food okay every culture um, you know, and it could be for different types of salamis are fermented, there's kimchi, there's, uh, you know, different types of dairy products are fermented. And so when you look at these fermented foods, ancestrally, what would your ancestors have been fermenting might be the, the foods for you. So that's more the way I look at it than looking at the blood type, because I don't think historically as humans, we had access to that information. So I think there are other factors at play. Yeah. Uh, well, not that it wouldn't be incorrect and work. Yeah. Okay, so when you go back to the, um, we were talking about the minerals in the organ meat, selecting and trying to consume from the whole animal. So collagen, I talked about those crystalline structures are what actually give the information about um, the, the conduit for the information to run, the energetic information to run through our body. So collagen would come from the, the skin and the bones of animals. So roasting a whole chicken, we have a neat little uh, rotisserie oven. I don't necessarily recommend it as, a, as an appliance, but you can put a, a whole little chicken in there, and two hours later you have a beautiful whole roasted chicken. You know, the, if you keep puncturing the skin, it renders out the fat, but you can eat that layer, very crispy skin, eating the, the wings, the wing tips are you know, like fully edible by that time, taking the bones, making stock. That collagen enriches, that's the collagen, amino acids, the proteins, the minerals are what nourish the root chakra because that's who we are, that's how our body, what the, the ultimate building blocks of what is in our body is when you're thinking root. And Doing the mindfulness at the th same time, and I think, is really important. So nourishing the root chakra, you want to be mindful to source for providing you with that what you need to m 
nourish this body. They're interconnected. We're here in an experience in the body, but who we are is that energetic being that we want to provide a body where it can really flourish. Okay. Oh, and we just got to root, so I guess I have to talk fast. Okay, your sacral chakra, which again, these lower chakras, but I do think the root one is most important, I, I've got to say, because I think everybody can do root chakra work. Yes? Um, actually, I have not investigated that. I'm sure you could find that. Um, yeah. Like the fascia, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yes, that would be made, that would have collagen in it. Yes, anything that's giving, like the structure will have collagen, yeah. Yes, just like in our bodies. Yeah, so when, if you think about when you take uh, like short ribs, if you cook them fast, they're really tough. If you cook them slow, the collagen does, uh, is able to melt and turn to gelatin and what gives that beautiful like pull apart meat, that's a lot of collagen in there. And we tend to, people, it's, I think it's counterintuitive to a certain extent. People think, well, if I'm, if I'm awakening, well, I'm going to be eating, becoming a vegan. That would be the highest level of awakening. And that is true to a certain extent because the killing of an animal is very counter to having a very soulful existence. Yet at the same time, we do have this body. Um, and I, I have to say, I probably eat meat, like animal flesh, like just twice a week. So I'm not sitting here as this big meat eater, but when I speak like this, then people say, well, you know, she must be eating meat every day. No, no, that's not it. I think like a paleo woman would do, if, if there's beautiful tomatoes at the farmer's stand, we're eating tomatoes that, you know, for the next couple days in a variety of different ways. And then if I, you know, happen across a whole chicken that's on sale, if you will, it would be like if I were in the wild and I were able to catch one. Well, I've got a beautiful piece of organic meat now that's on sale. Well, I can eat that. And so I, that's how I kind of put the, put it out there. So if you are vegan, that's, that's great. If you're an omnivore, that's great. If you're vegetarian, that it's all great because if you're doing it to nourish your body, you are nourishing the root. You are getting to who you are because your intent is there. Um, so then the next sh uh, chakra is the sacral chakra. And this one is really, it's the emotional vortex of your body. It's where you have your intuition, your feelings. Um, it's where you connect those outward vibrations with your emotional center. Um, it, the size of this chakra really relates to how you feel safe in the world. Uh, how many people in here are very empathetic, very empathic? You really, right. So your, your sacral chakra is wide open. So, so nourishing this and bringing it back in and not letting all the interference of, um, uh, of everyone get into your nervous system. So with this chakra, you... Um, you think before we said what you eat is what you become, what you feel becomes your mood. So what you're feeling becomes the mood you have and how you nourish the chakra can impact your feelings, um, especially the ordered versus disordered eating. How do you feel about yourself nourishes this? What's your psychological relationship with food? Um, 
Self-love gets reflected in how you nourish your body. So these, the, for the uh, sacral chakra, you want the orange foods, the foods that are rich in carotenoids. They can help support the endocrine system, um, supporting ovulation and fertility. They're also, all of these plant chemicals, by the way, that I mentioned, they're all, you know, in some way or another, and I'm going to pull it all together at the end, you know, anti-carcinogenic, they're all anti-aging, they all have all those plant chemicals working synergistically are what are kind of like the, the, the under, they're the worker bees of the body, they're not the vitamins and minerals, we haven't tethered out each one and to what, um, what's the RDA we should be having, but at the same time, they're essential. Um, this chakra is also very closely associated with water, so again, hydration becomes very important um, to hydrate those collagen networks. And that's what's going to help you be able to move that energy around your body. So this, because this chakra is associated with water, this is where you get sweating, saunas, steam rooms, anything related to water, Epsom salt baths can help to really cleanse and support this chakra. And the mindfulness activity for this chakra is to to lovingly feed yourself, to really, really think, you know, I love myself. Um, I, you know, I don't have any tattoos. I'm not against tattoos, but people will say to me, do you have, in my family, do you have a tattoo, mom? You know, why, why don't you get a tattoo? And my answer is always the same. This pristine body, like I love the body I have here. I want to do, you know, do right by it. And I mean, to me, I wouldn't, I think about feeding, I think about saunas, I think about exercise, and so what, what, what are you doing to your pristine body, and how are you loving it, showing your body love, and that is the sacral chakra support. Um, so the next chakra is your solar plexus, and that's really, um, okay. This one right here. That's okay. Um, it's the seat of the mind, and this is where you get your survival needs. Your negative self-talk originates in the sacral chakra. So the negative self-talk, if you identify it, you can just rewrite that script into positive self-talk. Um, and however you want to positively talk to yourself, is fine. I, I did an exercise once when I was young. We all had to read our positive affirmations. And like people laughed at mine. I thought, well, why, you know, I said I wanted to be lean in life and run like a gazelle. And they were like, well, I, I, you weren't supposed to do that. I thought, well, what, that's what I wanted. I wanted to picture myself when I, I was a runner then. That was my positive self-talk, you know? Like, I didn't see myself as that. I saw myself as you know, heavy and fat and clumsy, which I wasn't. So I wanted to match what I was with what I was saying to myself. And so your positive self-affirmation to how you feed yourself is your self-talk. Um, so this chakra, if you, feel, if you feel divine, you're going to nourish yourself like you're divine. It's your choice of foods 
will reflect how you honor yourself. So, and again, it's not, it's, it's not to be confused with, well, is it better to be vegan than it is to be vegetarian? Is it, should I be eating, you said to eat the beets, well, if I don't like beets, and what if I'm eating carrots? It's not that. It's, I know that vegetables are good for me. I know that this is good for me. I'm honoring myself by making choices that are good for me. It's, the energetic field is much more subtle. If you want to go into the physical realm, yes, some choices are better than others, 100%. They're, they're better than others. Choosing fruits and vegetables is always a better choice over, you know, almost anything you're selecting. So that is something that I think we can all agree on without getting into, um, you know, I, I think it's okay to eat meat because of the protein, the minerals in it the collagen, and if you want to be vegan, that would be great too, because beans can be a great source of protein. So it's that honoring of what do I believe is the best food choice for my body. And the mindfulness here um, is that when you make good food choices to validate yourself, and that if you make a food choice that isn't good, that you have compassion for yourself. Right? If, you, if your best friend is beating themselves up because they ate ice cream for dinner, you'd be like, well, why are you doing that? Well, have that same compassion for yourself. Why am I doing this? Okay, I was stressed out and it was easy and that was why I did it. So maybe making the easy choice was a really good thing for you. You didn't make extra stress. If I, if I go home, if I stop and pick up food, well, I'm bringing that home to my family. I can feed them. I'll be relaxed. If I go home and make food, I know everyone's going to be running around me. We're not going to eat until 7, 38 o'clock at night. I'm going to be stressed out. So maybe, maybe your choice for something that you wouldn't consider as healthy was actually a really good choice. And so it's really having compassion. Working through all of this, that's the, where the awareness is. It's the self-awareness for what choices am I making and how is this influencing me. So these yellow foods strongly support the chakras. You have, um, they're very, they relate to eye health, cognition, heart health, skin health, vascular health, um, all the yellow foods where you have the, um, the different phytochemicals in there. Okay, now the next chakra, which... Now you're getting, so the sacral chakra and lower really, are, those are the ones that I think, I see people with digestive issues mostly. Um, I can say I've probably had a handful of diabetics or people with heart disease in my life. I see mostly people with digestive issues. So the, all of what I was just telling you about, that all relates to all of those systems of digestion. Eating, you know, adequate fruits and vegetables, all those colorful foods provide all the nutrients that will reduce inflammation and allow, allow the gut to heal. The structure, the um, collagen-rich foods, protein-rich foods help provide structure. So anyone with gut problems, which is connected to like the sacral chakra, yeah? That's okay. No, I, I just want to finish. That's all. Okay, what I will say, 
and that's a, actually a really, really good question because I have mentioned collagen because that is the structure in your body that where the, where the collagen crystals with water where the energy's So what I will say to you is if you've had a diet your whole life where you've eaten boneless, skinless chicken breasts, lean pieces of meat, you haven't eaten whole chickens, you haven't eaten the lower cuts of meat that have a lot of collagen in it, you have, animal protein has amino acids in it. And so the amino acids, you break down the protein, you get amino acids. Within a 24-hour period, you have something called a protein amino acid pool where all those amino acids can be um, put together to make various proteins in the body. Collagen is one of the proteins that your body will make out of amino acids you eat. So for some people, yes, those are can have an amazing benefit to helping them build structure in their body. Do I recommend them to everybody? No. Certain individuals, absolutely. So a, a person who I would recommend them to. So you have a person... You think structure, hair, skin, nails, muscle, bone, all made of structure. Those are all structural in your body. A person who has, say, undiagnosed celiac disease, which means they should have been gluten-free their whole life, but they weren't. Okay, not somebody who's gluten intolerant or someone who wants to just be gluten-free. Someone who actually has celiac disease should not be consuming gluten. So that individual, their gut that you have the, the microvilli, the brush border enzymes, the, the area of the gut, which looks like this, little finger-like projections that can lay flat from years and years of eating food that they shouldn't have eaten, so they don't absorb what they're eating. And so these people come into me, and they all look the same, the undiagnosed, they have that thin, papery skin, their, their skin just looks like sort of scaly, like they could exfoliate all day long, and it's never going to be like firm and, you know, beautiful and plump looking, okay? So someone like that, yeah, I, I, after analyzing their diet and fixing it, I might say, you know, you might try these because that'll really help give you what you need for your skin. So yeah, that is, but it would be... If you can afford it, try it, see what you think. So now, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Well, that, that's what, so when you look at fruits and vegetables, for the most part, I would say you're not going to, you know, you're not going to go wrong eating the widest variety you can. Um, and then certain animal products may or may not agree with certain people, and that would be kind of an individual thing. But you're not going to go wrong if you're buying whole foods and you're cooking whole foods. Well, we're almost done? Oh, no. Can we I just talk about the heart? Okay. I didn't mean to, you know, it's like we, we, we all came out into our space. That's what did it. You know, it was so, the energy in here, such a good vibe. So when you look at your heart, your heart obviously gives you that resonance or ability to love. Your heart, you can guard your heart. So you want to be vulnerable to the outside world and to the inside world. So this the meditation is what we perceive um, 
and what we are living is what we become, what we become is our passion. So it's what we perceive becomes our passion. You know, we create our passion from what, how we're living. Um, how you nourish this chakra relates to your relationship um, and trust and love as the driver of experience versus the mind. So letting the heart and letting your heart intuition take over the lower intuition is where you start bringing your awareness up here. So it's like uh, the Dalai Lama has a quote, when you breathe in, um, nourish yourself. When you breathe out, like nourish the world. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. So you want all of those rich green foods that have all the different phytonutrients there. Um, and I'll, the, when you look at all of those plant foods, there are thousands of different plant chemicals in all those foods. So just to take one category, so say you take oranges. Oranges can have hesperdin in them, they can have narragenin in them, they can have tangerine, and all those are different phytochemicals. But all oranges don't have all of those. So when you, I use those as an example to say, if you go to the grocery store, will you buy like what, the little halos or cuties, because they're the easiest to eat? Well, maybe you want to get a grapefruit, maybe you want to get a temple orange, a tangelo, a navel orange, a navel orange from California to get the variety of phytonutrients. So it's like that with all your fruits and vegetables. Variety is better because these plant chemicals can act in synergy with one another, and the wider variety you have, the better chance you have of getting what your ancestral needs are. And so that's how I look at it. Like, and you come to the conclusion, as we did in our family, that we feel better when we've eaten sauerkraut a couple days a week because that's nourishing us. And so having all the different fruits and vegetables gives you the biggest chance, and you arrive at when you feel better. You know, you know how you feel. I feel energetic. Um, the more plant foods you eat allows your body to do the job of taking care of itself. Can I go over, or do I have to stop? Okay. So we have um, the... The throat and the third eye are kind of together because those are the blue and the purple foods. And you want to consume, this is where you get all your berries that are really um, perfect. You know, we have a lot of research that show berries relate to cognition. Well, berries also nourish those two upper chakras. With your throat chakra, what you say becomes your truth. And this chakra, the meditation of it is the sound. So when you're cutting, you can hear the thud of the knife on the cutting board. You can he hear the sizzle of uh, whatever you're sauteing in the pan. The sounds associated with cooking nourish this chakra. And that is how you put that into motion. With your mindfulness in the third eye, it's the consciousness that you can relate to. So mindful eating activities will nourish the third eye chakra. So mindfully purchasing, mindfully preparing, and mindfully eating. But they're all tied together because we talked about, you know, the consciously choosing something that would have a higher vibrational level, consciously meditating on it to make sure that we cleansed it from anything negative, and we imbued in it more love. There's actually 
a study that I read about, and I, you know, I didn't save it, and now I've never been able to find it again, but it was a study where they had wine, and they had, you know, A and B, and they were both identical wines, and A wine, everybody prayed over the wine, or put in positive intention, or put love into it, and the B wine, Everybody said, like, this wine is disgusting, this wine will smell bad, this wine is terrible, and then they had everybody try it, and 70% of the people liked better the one that had been, had the positive intention put into it. So I, I do want to replicate that, because I think that that's, that's the type of thinking we need to start putting out there related to this commercial agriculture that we are, you know, which is all where we get our food. Um, Gardening is also a way to nourish the chakra, growing something yourself. It can be as small as growing like a little basil plant or an herb plant. Um, tending to the garden is a way to connect you to the source of the nourishment, and it's a very conscious uh, behavior. And your, your blue-purple foods are um, promote cognitive health. And then the, the last chakra, the crown chakra, contains all the colors, all the colors together are white, um, and that's a portal to the source. And so we choose to open ourselves or close ourselves, going back to that, those root issues, childhood can be a barrier to us being able to surrender to the source. You know, we came from the source and we got here and something happened and so we just had to close ourselves off and live here in this body and defend ourselves here. And so that's why I say we want to go back to working through all those lower chakras to really pull in what is our birthright, is to have that energy flowing through us, to feel it, to express it, to be able to pour it out of our heart. And so when you look at this chakra, all of the colorful foods eaten together, um, that clean, nutrient-dense foods promote the health of the crown chakra. Um, and this, the meditation for this, it gets a little bit more involved, and it's maybe more interesting, but I, bless you, you, you want to have gratitude for the complexity of food. The varying textures, maybe something soft, maybe something's crunchy, the varying flavors, sweet, salty, sour, bitter, umami, how are they, you've all had like salted, um, salted chocolate, like chocolate with salt on it, and so that's, these are the things that are being put out on a lot of menus now, this juxtaposition of flavors, but that nourishes the crown chakra, because you're talking about the enlivening of food, the melding of food, the blending of food, um, how food looks. Um, you know, I don't, I, you might go and look at me on Instagram if you want to. I put a post up the other day, and I said, you know, textural, it was a sandwich with like a soft filling and a very crunchy bread, and I said, you know, textural differences make the difference in food. It's like, really just think about, you know, um, you have a tuna sandwich on bread versus a tuna sandwich on a piece of crunchy ciabatta bread. Now you've got that textural difference. That, paying attention to that while we're eating, is a nourishment. So the foods themselves, the colors align. Um, I have something I can, if you want, again, it's all, if you, 
I can send you this if you go. I, I, I thought we had a printer here. I mean, a copier here. We don't. We just have a printer. So I can't. Um, I, you can, if you send an um, email to me or join this mailing list, I'll know anyone who joins the mailing list that they're from here within the next week, and I'll send you all this if you want it. Um, but that's. That's basically the, the gist of how, how I look at nourishing the chakras. It's the foods themselves, the colors that coordinate, but it's more the mindfulness of what's going on with the eating experience that really, um, and the energetic quality of the food itself, that, that is nourishing your body and the intent, the intent of why we're doing it. Are there, are there any questions? No, no, is that a good thing? 